What is happening, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Michigan High School Football Forecast. My name is Lauren Plant. I am joined by Scott Bernstein, Sean Belisian, and Matt Mowry. And we are here to talk about week five in the high school football season. It's unbelievable. That's incredible. Just hearing it. We were just at the PKC. Yeah. I mean, we just were. So Always uh, flies by, but w- when it's flying by, it's telling you how much fun you're having. Yes, it is. And it's telling you how what, what great football you're seeing. Yeah. No doubt about it. if it was drudgery, right. you would feel like, uh, you know, yeah. still feel like All right, since we're on this topic, I have to throw it out there. Okay. Doesn't it seem like the first couple months fly, but then once you hit the playoffs, that seems to last. That seems to, you know, fill you up and everything. But uh, so many big games this week, and I'm sure we're going to hit them. Yeah, speaking of the playoffs, uh, we are planning a live event on f- the first Friday night of the district playoffs. So you'll be here anyway. Mm-hmm. I'll come back. I'll be here. So we'll have you guys show up after your games wherever you are. We'll try not to schedule you too far out, right? <laughs> and uh, we'll do kind of a live Facebook live, kind of YouTube live, uh, just absorb the first week. Because that's always that first Friday night of the playoffs. There's always like always three or upset. four major mm-hmm. upsets. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, you know, pretenders, contenders galore. So that's the plan. All right. I want to let you know this podcast is sponsored by Lawrence Technological University, by the MHSAA, and by Hungry Howie's. Uh, Please, for your fundraising ideas, go to doughraiser.com. It's super easy, super fun. All right. Games on State Champs TV this week. These are games that will air on our television show Sunday at 9 a.m. on Fox Sports Detroit. Uh, And again, really great divisional matchups all over the board. Uh, We're going to talk about games on this show here from kind of all over. Uh, but first, a big one in the Mac Red. Uh, it is probably the game of the week in terms of what's going to take place uh, in the state because uh, two teams that are 4-0, two teams that are bitter rivals, two teams that have a great tradition, two teams that share the same township being Clinton. And uh, it's a Mac Red division battle between Macomb, Dakota and Chippewa Valley. This one is at Chippewa Valley. Uh, Dakota's coming in 4-0, and I think that surprised some people. It shouldn't. Uh, but uh, they um, are coming off a big 58-14 win over Sterling Heights-Stevenson. Uh, outscored their opponents a combined 180-80. to And, uh, man, if they can somehow beat Chippewa yeah. Valley this week, they are for real because we have been talking up the Big Reds. Yeah, for the right reasons. And, and, and when you're talking about quarterbacks, Tommy Schuster's getting the, the lion's share of the headlines out of the MAC, but you really can't overlook what Mark Toko does for Dakota. This is yeah. his, uh, I believe this is his third year starting, at least his second year, yeah. and he is one of the most underrated dual threats, versatile field generals that you'll find in the MHSAA. Can do it with his feet, can do it with his arm, can do it with his uh, with his noggin. He's, in, he, yeah. he's got a great uh, field vision and and, uh, savvy in the pocket. He's a leader. Uh, his dad is uh, one of the coordinators and the basketball coach. Uh, his dad played college football. I know. Uh, I believe at Northern Michigan. And uh, you know, Mark Toko is is the heart and soul of that team. He's hooking up with a guy named Dustin Solomon, who uh, I think I shouted out on one of Matt and I's uh, po- uh, not podcast, uh, one of our blogs that we do as a guy that kind of an under the radar, uh, you know, a, a special talent that maybe isn't getting a, 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 a ton of uh, a hype, but you know those two are, are are pretty dangerous. Yeah, you know even the fans are reaching out. Uh, you know we're always monitoring our Facebook comments and Twitter. You know hit ups and uh, uh, we had a kid branding Kyle Carson. I wanted to give him a shout out because I told him I would. Uh, he is trying to make the case for Mark Toko. Uh, he was saying that uh, he runs RPOs better than any quarterback in the state, and he's 
watching his film, he does do a great job. His stats uh, are really good, and so he wanted to nominate nominate Mark. So he's on our he's on our radar. He's just one of uh, these kids, unfortunately, in terms of you know the hype that a lot, and especially in this day and age, that comes from the college recruiting and the and the and the blowing up that college recruiting on social media and Twitter and everyone. I got this offer and I got yeah, that yeah. offer. And then if you're a kid that's not getting those kind of offers, you're, you're kind of unfortunately you're, you're in the shadows unfairly because it doesn't mean you're not a really good high school quarterback. Look at a kid like Kyle Thomas from right. a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. Like Western. Yeah. Look what he's doing at Albion right now. Yeah. But Mark Toko's a small what kid. What is he doing at Albion right now? I have no he's idea. He's a starter. He's doing real well. Putting okay. up a lot of stats. Nice. Um, and That doesn't surprise me. But but Mark Toko's a smaller kid. He's only about 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, yeah. um, so he's not a Division One prospect. But as a high school quarterback, yes. there are a few, if any, can, that can do what he can do, at least in Metro Detroit. Yeah. Well, you know how he steps out of the shadows? He beats Chippewa out of yeah. Friday, so. Two <laughs> offenses that are blowing up, too. I mean, yeah, one's yeah. averaging 45 points a game. The other's averaging 40. And Dakota's kind of been the, the road warriors with three road wins. So be nice for them. I mean, it's going to be a great game. I mean, one of those. Great uh, atmosphere. Great yeah, atmosphere. Can't, can't, can't wait to see some of the highlights on that one. Well, and this could be kind of one of those impose your will on the opponent kind of games because I know Dakota going into the season was predicating everything they were doing. Granted, they have the stars that are operating behind the offensive line, but they were really predicating it on a really big, nasty offensive line. And it's the same thing the Big Reds have been doing, especially when they kind of got in a little bit of a first-half shootout with uh, Ike a couple weeks ago. And then they really basically just put it on their offensive linemen and their backs and said, go knock the ball down their throats. And it could be one of those kind of games. Now, it could go either way. It could be a shootout between two very good quarterbacks, or it could be one of those slobber knocker games between, you know, big offensive lines and defensive lines. And it'll be interesting to see that kind of gamesmanship and the chess match between the offensive and defensive coordinators to see uh, which kind of comes out on top. Make no bones about it. Dakota will have a chip on their shoulder, but also know that Scott Merchant will have his men ready. He knows that if there is ever going to be a year that they could make a run all the way to Ford Field, it is this one, and you begin that journey with statement wins like here at home against Macomb, Dakota. Yeah, there'll be thousands there. It's a beautiful stadium, too, if you've never seen it. So um, there'll be a lot of red. There'll be a red out at uh, at Chip Valley uh, this week. So that's happening. Detroit Cody is taking on Detroit Mumford. Now, what we're trying to do is uh, on TV, trying to spread around the coverage. I'm actually going to that game. I'll be filming that game for uh, State Champs TV. Uh, But these are two teams in the PSL that rarely get talked about. It's kind of that second-tier PSL Green Division game. Uh, Mumford had a couple had a close loss at Country Day, uh, one point loss to Renaissance, so they are two and two. But Cody's only given up six points all six. season. That's right. it. Yes. So and, and not nothing since the opener. Something's yeah. got so, yeah. this is a something's got to give because yeah. conversely, Mumford has lit it up offensively. I, I looked at eighty two in their last two games. Yeah. So something's got to give here. That's what makes this one intriguing. Yeah, Mumford's yeah. got a, a, it's a good rivalry, a, a scintillating quarterback, and and, and Todd Stewart, a uh, kid that again he can he can beat you with his legs, beat you with his wheels, and he's got an arm, an underrated arm that can stretch the field. Um, a guy like Jason Singleton, really good receiver downfield. Um, but Cody's got a very, very, very 
formidable defensive line led by Willie Gibson. Mm. Um, you know, Gibson had almost 100 tackles last year. He's a guy that's always making his way into the backfield, uh, you know, wrecking havoc uh, on teams, um, you know, disrupting what they're trying to do. And uh, I know that uh, at Cody, you got uh, Coach Norman's been there for over a decade. You know, yeah, doing oh, a really yeah. good job as you know, some hey. of these lower tier yep. PSL programs. And then Don Shell Mitchell, Don Shell yeah. English, English over yes. at Mumford. Yep. Um, you know, yep, who's been all over the place, yeah. you know, several places. He's a real friend of the show. Last year, Mumf- uh, Mumford won at 13 7. Mm-hmm. It was a close battle. Uh, went all the way in. You know, every year they play 18 12 was the year before. Cody hasn't beaten Mumford in a couple of years. So yeah. this is definitely going to be one of those games that, uh, you know, they're fun and uh, it's cool to check out. And, uh, and again, we, you know, we don't always talk about just Cass and King. You know, there's some other schools out there, especially uh, it was only a few years ago where we had schools like Central and I think. He was either Mumford or Cody that had gone pretty far in the because they're all in different divisions. Yeah, right. And uh, you know, all of a sudden we had like regionals coming up and we had like five PSL teams still still going at it. So in every division. So yeah, but in of, terms of uh, uh you know, I'm a I'm a recruiting yeah. self proclaimed recruiting guru, so I'm always looking for the kids that could be going next level and <laughs> sure, and, and I know you we are. could be uh, rooting on and the diamonds and, and, and you know watching on Saturdays. They got a kid that isn't really being talked about at all, but I think could be a very good mid major recruit and wide receiver. Josh Wiley. Okay, I've talked to a couple uh, at Cody. At Cody, yeah, yeah, wide receiver right. at Cody, and uh, I know he's got some interest from a, a handful of the, the the MAC programs, and one of these kids that you know he's not playing at Cass, he's not playing at King, so unfairly again you get overlooked because that's where all the scouts are going, but you know he's a kid that uh, I definitely could see making noise uh, uh, at the next level in the next couple of years. Right on. Another uh, matchup between a couple of four and O teams is Davison and Grand Blank. I'm real so, excited for this. Yeah, game. this should be a good one. This will be at Grand. Blank. Blank. Uh, Grand Blake coming up, of course, the big win over Flint Carmen Amesworth, 42 14, uh, in their house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, uh, again, you know, it's one of these games where Grand Blake's going to have to dial it up twice in a row. And Davison certainly has been bringing it with the best of them since that opening win against Southfield AT. Well, and that rivalry, you don't really need to say right. much to the kids to right. dial it up because yeah, yeah, they yeah. dial themselves up yeah. and, and they know how big that, that game is between the two. But I wonder if it's a trophy game. I'm not even sure. I don't, I don't even know if they play it. I'm, I'm not sure. I was curious. Just curious. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Uh, they've they've played pretty frequently. <laughs> okay. Um, They've only played uh, once, so I think uh, after the tw- 2011 season, you okay. know, since the Big Nine broke up, right, right, right. You know, and the, the only matchup was really in the 2016 playoffs because they kind of went their separate ways. Um, but now they're they're both in the SVL, and it's yep. it's one where you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where and that's a packed division as we've talked about with Carmen Ainsworth now at two and two, and Lapeer at four and zero. Yeah, even but, Midland in that team, you know, and some of the you know some, yep, of, these, and some of the North Division. Yeah, yeah, yeah these uh, can have good seasons. Well, and and Coach Clint Alexander, who's been there uh, in Grand Blanc for a couple of years, talked about where you know where he'd come from in in Virginia, you know, at uh, Woodbury Forest School. This was the kind of schedule they had all the time. Right. And so he was used to that, you know, you just turn the page and it's the next big game and it's, you know, this team coming in from Jersey or that team. And he he said, I I hope the kids can understand and kind of latch onto it. But he did point out that Davison's a whole different animal than Carmen Ainsworth. I mean, Carmen Ainsworth's got big quarterback who can run a little bit and and Davison's got a smaller quarterback who can run a lot. And (laughs) Cannon Hall has been, you know, just lighting it up with both his legs. You talk about a dual threat guy who's been lighting it up both legs and arms. 
arms, keeping Cannon Hall under wraps and keeping him, you know, if you can keep him in the pocket, you're way ahead of the game, but that's almost impossible. So it's going to be, you know, that that defensive backfield that did so well against the smaller receivers from Carmen Ainsworth last week, making sure they kind of set up a picket fence and maybe he gets four or five yards, but not 15 or 20, and that's going to be the, the, the key, I think. He's a, he's a southpaw, and I, I talked about this, uh, I think, last week. Um, I, I haven't seen a, a quarterback that, that does better, and it's more dangerous throwing against his body. Yep. Uh, right. Going right, throwing left, yeah, going left, throwing right. Um, and then you, 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 you look over at Graham Blank at the quarterback spot. They've been you know, uh, they have two guys that were fighting it out in the uh, uh, in the offseason, Tyler Leadham and uh, Ryder Bro- Broderback. Broderback. Yep. And uh, Broderback, I believe, started the first game mm-hmm. and has moved to tailback, but still yeah. sees some some snaps. Yep. Um, so it's, it, you know, sometimes, well, you know, they say if, you, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're deciding between multiple quarterbacks, you don't got one. Right. Well, they've been able to, to, to play the hand they've been dealt very well, and they're off to a 4-0 start. Well, and the difference is a lot of times when you have those two quarterbacks, one's on the bench. Well, these these guys are standing yeah. next to each other, and and trust me, those Carmen Ainsworth kids knew when Rodeback came in the game that new quarterback, new quarterback. Well, if you're standing four feet apart in the shotgun, and it's just a matter of directional snapping, you can basically run either offense that you have just based on who you're snapping it to. And it was primarily Liam in the first half, who was you know throwing the ball all over the park. But then you know Rodeback was kind of the hammer in the second half, running, and it was almost they ran a couple of wildcat plays where they direct snapped it to him, and you know he's he's a big, you know, he looks like a fullback more than a quarterback, and he definitely runs like it. So he was kind of the hammer in the second half to really run clock. It's interesting if you look at the common opponent thing. You know, Davison was really in a dogfight against Carmen Ainsworth, and I think what Grand Blink did to Carmen Ainsworth at Carmen Ainsworth kind of opened up some eyes. You know, it was funny. I think it was you that talked about that you were intrigued by that team last week. Uh, There's some more intrigue now after a win like that. Sure, yeah. The interesting thing is... Davison is the power that no one talks about because Clarkston always gets in their way in the playoffs, and Clarkston gets in everybody's way. 11-1 and two years ago, 10-2 and last year. They started this season off 4-0, so they shouldn't be surprising anyone. This should be one of those matchups. And they had time. their, you know, and, and and they're coming off the heels of losing their mega yeah. superstar yeah. Tariq Reed, Tariq maybe Reed, one of the best players back. to ever play at Davidson, yeah. and just a workhorse as a running back. And uh, it, it hasn't really seemed to affect them having to uh, replace that part of their offense. Right. And they've just kind of shifted a lot of the responsibility over to the quarterback. We'll leave it to state champs to always find the interesting matchups that maybe you would never have thought of uh, even paying attention to, but. Uh, Kent City is 4-0, and they're traveling to a 3-1 Morley Stanwood. Geo Weeks. That's right. A CSSL Silver Division matchup. And uh, this is one that uh, you'll be able to catch uh, on the show this week. And again, a couple of schools getting together. and uh, Geo Weeks is, a, is a, the G-Funk era coming out of Kent State, making Dr. Dre and Snoop, Je- uh, Snoop Dogg jealous out in L.A. Uh, Geo is a, uh, is, a, is a burner. Burner in the backfield. Uh, he's got light, you know. He's lightning in a bottle, uh, uh, carrying that football, and you know, ran for over 200 yards. Uh, I think a couple times already this mm-hmm. year, and uh, just does a great job as kind of being the heartbeat of that uh, of that team. 
Well, he had 1,400 yards and 25 touchdowns last year, and I think he only needed like 600 or so to become the school's all-time leading rusher, and he's got to be getting pretty close to that, if not on it. I think he had 207 against Beale City and two touchdowns in a 13 nothing game, so he basically was all the scoring. Five touchdowns against Nuego, two against uh, Lakeview on the ground, along with a 66-yard punt return. He is definitely the you know straw that stirs the drink. It's kind of interesting what you mentioned that they're both in the CSAA now, and it kind of they used to be rivals in the old WeWAC, the Western Waterways, years ago when yeah, that existed. Yeah, exactly. They were central and, states, but in the in the in between what they are right, now. Right, right. And they kind of went their separate ways because Kent, Kent City went to the OK Silver, and then they went. I, I think almost directly coinciding with the years that they were in the OK Silver, they went. Uh, from 2002 to 2015 without a winning season. Right. And and now now that they're 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 22 and 4 since the start of the 2016 season, you know, and last year they set program records for wins and points scored in Bill Crane's second stint as the head coach, but sometimes finding that right conference for you is huge. And and I think both of these teams being in the CSAA now really has, you know, it's going to start to pay dividends for them because it's kind of that right size thing and and they they both fit there. Yeah, Morley Stanwood since joining the CSA is seventy three and fifty two with seven of its eight all time playoff appearances. So. Yeah, and last year's playoff was against yep. Kent City. Yep. They're Division six teams. That's yep. what we're talking about uh, when it comes to the uh, the postseason. Kent City got the best of them, thirty one six in that one, and and Kent City had beat them twenty eight nothing earlier in the year. season. So yep. this will be definitely something that uh, is going to be on, on the chart. I'm sure they they circled this was their this is their big game, and uh, we'll see how that one gets out. And you can watch the highlights on State Champs, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Lake Fenton has a 2-2 two and two record this year. I think it's better than uh, what that says. They are taking on Notre Dame Prep. and well, uh, kind of gotten lost since they yes, left, in terms of media attention league, yeah. yes, since like, they've left the Catholic League. Yeah, yeah, this is kind of like Country Day, kind of an independent kind mm-hmm. of floating thing for both these schools right now uh, while they try and find themselves. But found each other, scheduling each other, and uh, this is one that we paid attention to and figured we'd we show this one on the show, too. Well, that Notre Dame prep defense last year was outstanding. I mean, uh, they allowed 12.6 points per game, and they, they've only allowed uh, 15 points in the f- total in the first three games before, obviously, Goodrich put 34 up on them last last week. So, But th- that defense is still kind of carrying on what it did last year, and it, that's kind of really been the, the side of the ball that's been most yeah. effective for got, them over the last a, couple. They got a, uh, a pilot of that offense who has a name that can rival Connor, <laughs> or sorry, that can rival Cannon Hall oh, right. at okay. Davidson, River Shea, the uh, signal <laughs> caller for, for NDP. Um, River Shea. So, you know, I, I think Pat Fox has uh, uh, done a really good job of uh, taking over for Coach Zim, who left a couple years ago, went over to Davison, and then ended up leaving Davison for some personal reasons last year. But uh, Pat Fox, you know, w- one of the, um, you know, stalwarts of the sidelines in Oakland County over the last 25 years. You know, when I was in high school, he was at Berkeley and, and, and coached some really good teams, upset uh, Brother Rice in, um, I believe, 94. Um, and, and took out a nationally ranked Brother Rice team and then um, moved over to Milford, had some really good teams at Milford and has uh, come over uh, to NDP and and just instills a level of discipline and and, uh, execution and, um, you know, pride in in their football team that, you know, it's, it's, it's impressive. 
No doubt. Both of these teams uh, are not strangers to the playoffs. Uh, they make them more often than they don't. Lake Fenton was 8-2 a year ago. Um, so this should be a good matchup. And, uh, again, one of those ones that uh, both of these teams get an opportunity to kind of see where they're at in the middle of the season. This is, uh, you know, both teams are Division Four uh, teams. At least they were last year. You never know how things get shuffled around, but uh, they could meet someday uh, in the future. So another game, another battle of 4-0 teams. DeWitt and East Lansing. So the CAAC Blue Division taking center stage uh, in the Lansing area. Uh, I had a chance to see East Lansing earlier this season. They looked uh, very impressive against uh, Divine Child. Uh, Divine Child, the team kind of trying to find itself, uh, but could do it in many ways. Very athletic in the secondary. Uh, so they were having a, a, a you know really good time uh, getting after it and and making you know big tackles. They have a good running game uh, and uh, and a quarterback who is a good game manager. I would equate him kind of similar um, to the uh, quarterback for Utica Eisenhower in a way. He's not going to you know be a super standout, Mr. Baker, yeah, Baker but, but he's but he's going to run the offense and he's going to he's going to control things. So uh, you know East Lansing coming off of Portage Northern win last week and uh, Dewitt beating Holt pretty soundly. Well, the weird thing is these two schools are 11 miles apart, I think, and they have never played in the regular season. Really? All five matchups That's have been crazy. all I five matchups have been in the postseason. Wow. Yeah, and it it's DeWitt's been kind of the the powerhouse of the CAC red. They've won 13 straight league titles yeah. coming into this year, and the last seven of those were in the red. But their their student population has been creeping up over the last couple of years, and they finally ticked over that you know thousand student mark. So now they're up in the blue with the big boys, with right. you know the Okemises and the Holtz and all of the you know the big the biggest schools in the CAC. And so it's going to be a little different, but so far they're doing just fine. And I think they would certainly like to get, carry on that streak, you know, regardless of what color comes after the CAAC part. I think they would certainly like that. You mentioned the Are fact that... Are they going to stay in three? I don't know. They're probably pretty close to the border. Yeah. I would assume they would, but I honestly don't know. Okay. And it may just be, you know, depending on, you know, what teams make it. Yeah. Um, for, for East Lansing, 4-0 start for the first time since 2012. They're coming off their second nine win season, you know, since that stretch from like 97 to 2003 when they were so dominant. Yeah. Um, they, they've kind of been a little... Fell back to the pack. Fell back to the pack. Definitely. And, and it's good to see. And you mentioned the fact that they've got a very experienced backfield on both sides of the ball. Yeah, they got a, where they were weak a little bit was on the on the lines. And that's, quite frankly, where DeWitt is strong. They have a, a very veteran offensive line and a big one and a, and a veteran defensive line. So it may be one of those where, you know, speed versus versus trenches kind of a battle, um, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. East Lansing's got a, a game-changer of a running back in Kobe Hayward. He's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'll use an ESPNism. He's a factor back. A no, guy he, that, is. he had three scores in that yeah, game. Yeah, you always got to account for, and you always yeah. got to... Um, be game planning for him, and then it's they explosive. got yeah, no, and then no. they, they got a linebacker that I really like, Jamar Mills, um, who's one of those guys that uh, uh, one of the, kind of the new breed of a of a linebacker, the guys that are taller, sleeker, kind of look more like maybe a wide receiver, but they're playing outside linebacker. Right, on Panthers have only given up thirty one points all season, so. Uh, 
This is going to see it's a battle of wills. So that's what's taking place on State Champs TV. That's what you can expect to watch this Sunday at 9 a.m. on Fox Sports Detroit. We've got some other games of interest around the state. One of the ones that I think it was you, Scott, that brought up was Livonia Churchill and Livonia Franklin mm-hmm. getting together. The battle of uh, the mean streets of Livonia right there, Shani. Uh, and uh, KLAA East Division Clash. Two good, and, uh, two good, two good quarterbacks. Right, two right. guys that yeah. can sling it and, and can and, and, and can win games with their football IQ. And we've talked about Churchill a lot this season because they came out impressive out of the gate. Uh, beating Canton was a big one, got our attention. But Franklin is somebody the, who went all the way to the state yeah. semi, I mean the state final state last finals. year. Yep. We just don't remember the state I final think. because it was such a and trouncing. It, it's interesting you, you mentioned that because I think they're doing the same thing again. I mean, right. la- last year, if you remember, it was a, it was a build to a crescendo type right. of thing. Yeah. And they didn't look good in week one. I mean, they they you know they ended up getting uh, beat by by Northville, and since then they're doing this again. They they really are. So that that intrigues me. And Churchill, I mean, they beat Canton, they beat Glenn. You know, their two losses are tough losses, yeah. but it's it's going to be off the hook on the uh, the the mean, the very mean and unforgiving <laughs> yes, exactly. east side of of Livonia <laughs> on that particular evening. Very yeah, very know. unforgiving. Absolutely, Pat's Town is going to be uh, you know make sure you. Keep your wallet in the car, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but uh, no, but seriously, uh, I really uh, I love these games. These are always great games. The, the community always comes out in full force. Uh, and uh, we got invited, and we're not going to be able to cover this one because we've had, you know, but we, I told the, the, the Pat Nation that we will, we will be following them uh, at some point here pretty quickly. And uh, this, again, this will be, this is a big East battle here yeah. now, that, now that the East has uh, different company yeah. this season. You got Calbert and company under center. Uh, yes. for, for for Franklin, and then you you got uh, another also Brooks yes. uh, in the mix, uh, uh, you know, ca- captaining that huddle yeah. uh, for uh, Churchill needs for Churchill. This win. Oh, yeah. there's no question yep. if for for yep. their playoff because again the division is tough now. Yep, very so. And then uh, <laughs> let's move on. No, I was just, just, just a quick shout out to uh, Churchill's running back. Uh, yes. Dar- I think Daryl Mason, I think. Um, he's a guy that uh, has a nose for the end zone okay. and, uh, you know, is, is, has the potential to hit a home run every time he touches the ball. Let's go to the west side of the KLA. Brighton and Canton getting together. This for Canton is probably going to be their toughest test uh, so far this season. Brighton, one of those teams, uh, every year you can count on them being tough, uh, surprising. They say. Sandbag me yeah. in the in the, uh, in the preseason. I remember right. talking to the coaching staff uh, before that. I went out to a practice uh, and because uh, 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 they because state champs had me doing some yeah. uh, some previews of, of that and that part of uh, that part yes, of town. Yes, and I'm I'm right. an Oakland County guy, so yeah. I had to do my my due diligence. Yeah. And I remember talking. I had all three or four coaches around me, and I said, "How's it look this year, guys?" And, oh well, you know, we might be all right, yeah. but we you know we'll, we'll be hovering yeah. around five hundred. We got Belleville out of the gate. Yeah. That's going to be really hard. Hard. They, they, there's a lot of that going on at Brighton. Trust me, you, you see that in the hockey ranks. You know yeah, this. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Everybody picks somebody else, and then at yeah. the end, there's Brighton. But, yeah. you know, it's interesting. Both these teams lost their first game of the year and, and quite frankly, have been rolling since then. I mean, and that that's what jumps out to and me. And that Brighton loss really is <laughs> – that, no, that's, that's the type a, of loss you can hang your hat that's on. That's exactly yeah. – you yeah. know what? 40-35? What was that? 40-35? Yeah, and they yeah. led the whole it's game. It's like 10 seconds left. Yeah. Canton yeah. offensively right now has really blown up since that, that loss against Churchill. Yeah. 
yeah, one. Yeah. That was one that opened eyes a little bit. No yeah. disrespect to Churchill, but it opened eyes a little bit. Uh, averaging 42 points since that loss. So, yeah. again, we were just talking about teams building to a crescendo. Both these teams are doing this right yep. now. Yep, and this is this is maybe that, that turning point for one of the seasons, or it just may be a, a, a short stumble. But, yeah, Brighton's defense hasn't given up a touchdown since that week one loss. Hmm. The, the, the one touchdown that was scored one. against Brighton was a pick six. So I, yeah, I say yeah. confidently. It probably because yeah. facing a tight tee, no matter who you are, it, you, you and with somebody like Stevie Wonder Walker yeah. in the backfield for Canton, you're going to miss the air. I'm so mad I didn't come up with that. <laughs> that they are going yeah. to. Uh, they're going to give up at least one because yeah. what they do is they chip, they drive, they worry they'll take a seven plays, seventy yards, and then they'll they'll pop it in. But uh, but again, this is going to be one of those games that I think both. It's just going to be a matter of who's standing at the end, maybe last possession kind of thing. I don't think it's going to be as high scoring. I, I definitely don't believe that Ken is going to put forty up on on Brighton. Um, but then again, they just might because sometimes when when they're running that offense to its especially at home uh it i mean i mean as a cameraman you you you, you have no could, could have sworn is. that yeah. guy had the ball right. and there they are running right. the yeah. other way with it. i mean yeah. they 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 fool it so well so from a defensive standpoint it's so hard to gear i mean you got to kind of key on the guards and follow them and where they go is generally where the ball is but they're so quick at handing it right here yeah. and then if that hole opens up at all he's gone yep. yeah. i mean he hits the hole so hard so we'll see well and brighton has never beaten canton in five all-time meetings wow. and last year last Year everybody talked about Brighton's near misses, and there were yeah. there were two three point losses and two one point losses. Right. The one that wasn't close was the Canton game. It was thirty five to ten, and that right. was really the one where they could kind of yeah. you know say they they weren't really in that game. Yeah. And, and it'll be interesting, like you said, to see where they go from here because they have some common opponents. I mean, like both of them have to play Howell. Um, uh, Brighton has Northville and Salem, which you know either one and three teams, yeah. and Canton has Novi and Heartland, two and two and one and three. You know, right. so yep. it's it's going to be interesting, and it's probably going to be this team. This is definitively for the lead right now, but this may be kind of one of those divisional championship games for sure. And and whoever gets in the driver's seat now is gonna, probably going to stay there. I agree. I agree. All right, uh, Jackson at Chelsea, it's an SEC white division matchup. So we're going out to the south. Southeastern part, uh, way southeastern part of uh, Metro Detroit. Uh, Jackson and Chelsea. Jackson four and zero. Chelsea three and one. Chelsea three and one. But Ypsilanti Lincoln, we had talked about early in the season, is a yep. lot better than a lot of people. Ha- a lot of people thought they they would be. You know, definitely were under the radar. Sure. So a ten point loss there. Uh, but this one again for uh, a Jackson team. Um, to go on the road and get a win in the division is is always they, they got the huge. X factor yeah. in the backfield XCR Edwards another great name yeah. in the all uh, all we'll have uh, to have an all, all nameless names team at the end of the season no, he's Scott. a guy he, you know, he, he's a real thoroughbred uh, rushing the football and a kind of guy that you know uh, you're going to give him 20 carries he's going to give you over 150 yards um, and then they got a nice quarterback in Noah Bush um, so you know I really like what I've seen from Jackson this year well everybody when when conferences dissolve or con- or teams switch conferences. Well, people complain about that and I get that because because it breaks up tradition. Sure. But sometimes when you find the right conference as we talked about earlier right. for you, it, Jackson was in the CAC for 
forever, forever, and just never did anything right. really. And this is their this, really did. this yeah this is their four and zero start is their matches their win total from last year. First off, it's their first four and zero start since nineteen seventy. If they go five and zero, it will be the first time since before nineteen fifty. And Chelsea's kind of been the dominant presence in the in the SEC white for the last couple of years, and obviously you know with the loss to Lincoln, had, and they had to replace a coach. Yeah, and so it, this is kind of you know the new team that's coming in wants to prove itself. And, and these teams have never met. So this is one of those where you get kind of an instant rivalry that pops up. And maybe over the next three or four years, these two teams are the ones that are fighting it out in the white. That's what's fun about about movement sometimes is that all of a sudden, you've got teams that have never faced each other and they learn to dislike each other very, very quickly sometimes. Yeah, because those old CAAC Blue Division teams, you know, had, you know, Grand Ledge, who was always really, always. really strong. And DeWitt. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, Lansing Sexton yep. had some really good teams. Holt, obviously. They had some really, really good teams, yep. you know, and they'd always have Jackson Lumen Christie on their yeah. schedule too. Who's, yeah. You know, right. always solid. They don't have Lumen Christie on nope. their schedule this year, there. So forget that. So uh, yeah, so new rivalries, uh, new matchups. So far, uh, it's panning out. It's and it's not like other sports where uh, you're going to get a chance to see them again. You know, the first time through, like a pitcher in baseball. Right. No, no. This time, you you basically get a team once. So yeah, you yeah. you got to beat them. You got a game plan. You got to be there. Um, Chelsea's going to say, "Welcome to the White." Yeah. And uh, you know, let's go at it in our house and Ypsilanti Lincoln then next week Chelsea really hasn't missed much of a beat since no no I'm just saying be close sorry That's all, yeah. Chelsea really hasn't missed much of a beat uh, since Brad Bush uh, stepped aside yeah. and um, you know he, he did a, a tremendous Nick Hill days he, had, he did a tremendous job with that program and I think uh, Josh Lucas is the name of the guy that, that's taken over and uh, has done a really good job at you know yeah, keeping that uh, arrow pointed in the right direction and, and ha- having his guys you know come out of the gate primed every uh, every, every outing. Yeah, it'll be interesting because again, it's Ypsilanti, it's Adrian, it's Jackson, it's Dexter, it's Tecumseh, Ypsilanti, Lincoln, Pinckney now in yep. this division, yep. you know, from the old uh, KVC KLA. and KLA. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, you know, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, how this plays out and uh, again, that's what makes high school football great. You get a chance to totally reinvent yourself. Okay, let's move on. And we are going to go to Grand Rapids South Christian taking a 3-1 and record at Hudsonville Unity Christian. In. So this is a gold versus green uh, crossover in the OKC. Uh, Unity Christian 4-0 out of the gate, coming off a 31-22 win uh, over Holland. They beat Allendale, Holland Christian. Uh, they beat Holland, but again, they've got South Christian this week, Zealand West next week, which will be tough for them. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, hey, they're... 4-0 out of the gate, and uh, this should, you know, for South Christian, always no joke. This should be a good match. Out of the shoot. Yeah. yeah. This is one of those where you get a new program like Unity Christian. They've mm-hmm. made the playoffs four straight years, 9 of 11, and uh, that's after they started the program, which, again, right. is not very old, yeah. going 4-32 and 32 over the first four years. So right. they've really, since then, turned themselves into a pretty nice, solid team. They haven't been dominant. They haven't, you know, made a deep run in the playoffs yet, but, you know, it's, it's really nice to see programs that can come along quickly like that. And they won last year's meeting with South Christian after losing the last four, so it'll be it'll definitely be an interesting one. Cool. 
Uh, all right, let's move on because uh, this segment's running a little long. So let's move on. We got some other ones quickly. Uh, and again, we're all over the place. Wolverine conference matchup: Pawpaw mm-hmm. three and one uh, at Three Rivers four and zero. Oh. Uh, three Rivers coming off an Otsego thirty nothing blanking. Uh, Wildcats posted their second straight shutout win in doing so, and they've only allowed twenty eight points in four games. Uh, you know what? That's going to be explosive, and I, I really have to wonder what's going on in in Pawpaw right, right. now because this is this this. This is a team that hasn't been very good, right, in the past and everything. So what they're doing right now, I mean, people have to be fired up there, right? Well, they were 3-1 and one at this juncture with wins over the exact same teams and losses. And, and after that, they went, they lost four of their next five. So, And obviously, that's not predictive of sure, anything. Sure. But, you know, at this point, it's not like it's never been done. It, it was the identical last year. And I was thinking that same thing. Boy, this is a good start for them for mm-hmm. a program that, you know, that hasn't won a lot, you know. They haven't won more than four games since 2014. So three and one, oh, you got to be ecstatic. Yeah. Except but it was exactly that, they like, were making the yeah. playoffs yeah. every year. Yeah, absolutely. At least for it was a program that was year. Five, yeah. Yeah, a yeah. 2015 maybe. actually was their, was their last mm-hmm. run. So, yeah, it mm-hmm. would be five if they can't get there. And, of course, we talk about Carson Barnhart for Paw Paw, the big uh, Michigan offensive lineman that's, uh, that's bulldozing his right. way for them. The first 4-0 start for Three Rivers since 2009. That was the year they were undefeated heading into the D4 title game when they lost to Marshall. You know They've had to replace a senior starting quarterback over the last couple of weeks, but they've had a guy, uh, Devin Gidley, who's stepped right in, and they ran for 256 yards and had 300 yards of total offense last week. You know, and, and It's homecoming for Three Rivers. So that's, yeah. that's the kind of thing where you know that, that's a factor sometimes. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Division 4 football we're talking about here. So, uh, well, the annual Saturday night clash is going to happen, and that's Detroit Catholic Central and Brother Rice, uh, Shamrocks and Rice. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If there's really anything more you need to say, yeah, yeah. other than the fact that Catholic Central and Brother Rice are meeting on the gridiron. Right. Yes, uh, the best be rivalry in the state. Field, yeah. uh, this year, um, but uh, you know, Catholic Central uh, rebounded last week. You know, soundly beating Jesuit forty-two-seven. Uh, again, they're playing, and they're playing. The, had a loss in Ohio and kind of lost. Their quarterback, yeah, they, and one, they're so. they're playing the status of, of Marco Genrich real, real, real close yeah, to the yeah. best. That's I reached right. out this yeah. week a couple times to both the football staff and the athletic director to ask. Sofren what, wouldn't give it up. Uh, get, I didn't talk to Sofren. Uh, okay, I, okay. I talked to. Uh, um, I, I reached out to Coach Anderson and uh, to Aaron Babbitt uh, yeah. for for comment on what Genrich's statuses are, and they're like, ah, we don't know. Maybe he'll be back. Maybe sure, he course. won't. Like, We're not new, new phone. Who does? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard a little rumor after that game. A couple weeks ago, this is yes, just a little did. rumor, yeah. but I, I heard a little rumor that there was a broken bone involved. Mm-hmm. So uh, if he's back, that would be. I'm not a saying big, he's. I'm not saying he's no. back. I'm not talking about asking them whether he's going to be back yeah, yeah, yeah. for this game. Yeah, I, I was asking them whether he's back. Yeah, for yeah. The oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I mean, but yeah, to that point, yeah, it'll it'll be a little surprising if you're one of those people that buy into the up down theory, and, and I know a lot of people buy into the up down theory. In, CC in betting, you should. CC <laughs> didn't look real good a couple weeks ago in that in that loss to to Central Catholic. I think everybody would admit that. You felt sorry for U of D. I mean, you, you really did. You had a feeling that was going to happen. And I saw the Rice game last week, yeah. and, and Rice didn't look very good last week. So you know, I mean, it's it's CC anyway. They're going to bring it anyway. But especially on the heels of, of you know, the Pilots really, I don't want to say dominating, but they shut them being out. Being the better team. Yeah. No I doubt mean, about they it. They shut them I mean, out. That's hard only, to do. You know, when it's a low score like that, you yeah. can't say that they were dominated. Right. 
but they were the better team. I think Brother Rice is better than that. That's what makes this one intriguing. To me. Well, the, you said it too that if Piscopeak had been even halfway on last week, they probably would have had scored twenty one points. He, he, missed, he missed some players down the field. I mean, it, uh, there were a Just few guys missed. Running, yeah, there were a few guys running a muck. Stafford, Stafford, like from uh, last he week. Missed, he missed some guys downfield, and uh, you know, I, the defense. It, it looked like the pilots were going to run away with the game for a little right. bit. To be honest with you, and the defense really flexed. Was it wasn't muscle. it thirteen nothing? Yeah, half? yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And the de- the defense really flexed its muscle and and did its job. DeBerry uh, gets got up and and went and jumped up in Megatron fashion yeah, and pulled that seventy exactly. yarder down. Oh, so something. you know what are you going to do? Was, so. that, that was that yeah, was, that was awesome. So, I mean, you know. Rice will bounce back. Yeah, that's that's what the, makes this one so interesting. You always throw the records yeah. out the window. It doesn't matter. I think the records in I, because we've done uh, even a rivalry show on on this matchup uh, a few years ago. It's literally within one or two games yeah. in terms of the wins. It's and, it's amazing. And you know, oh, you have it right there. One. That's incredible. 30, 31, yeah, exactly. 31, yeah. And, yeah. Wow. Even, even Steven. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not anticipating Marco Ganrich to be playing uh, on Saturday. It's going to most likely be sophomore Jack Benno, uh, who came in uh, in relief in the in the game uh, against Central Catholic uh, across the border, and you know, you know, had some growing pains, but you know, he's only a sophomore. And then against uh, UD Jesuit in, in the Catholic opener, looked really good, managed a good game, threw a 65-yard touchdown bomb uh, to Nate Anderson, the uh, coach uh, Anderson's son, and um, you know looked really solid and, and, and made strides. And then I want to um, also uh, shout out, uh, we've talked you know, good, a, a fair amount about Keegan Kohler yeah, this and, is... and the breakout season he's had, but his uh, backfield mate, um, Bryson Trantham, who right. ca- came over, yep. came uh, from to Alabama. Michigan from mm-hmm. Alabama. Yep. His dad's in the military, got transferred, yep. I think, yep. over to Selfridge yep. uh, Air Force Base. Scored the first touchdown this scored season. Scored the first yep. touchdown on the season, and then uh, last week against Jesuit, scored a touchdown on the ground as a tailback, and then uh, as a linebacker, uh, picked up a fumble uh, recovery and, and took it to the house. So, you know, Tr- Trantham played football down in Alabama, played for a, a school called James Clemens in Madison, Alabama, and, you know, that. <laughs> That that type of breeding ground, uh, they don't they don't make those uh, you know every state uh, right. uh, uh, of the union. And if and if you're tough enough to play football uh, down in the you know the the Iron Bowl capital of Alabama, I'm sure uh, y- you can shine in 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 the MHSA. And, and Bryson's doing a really good job of that. Well, I'm going to end with this challenge out to Shamrock Nation, and that is Keegan Kohler. If you play like you did in Week One, you might have a chance of cracking that Mr. Football top ten. Until then, these are the games. We talk about big game performance. This is as big as it gets. Let's see what you can do, young man, against that Rice defense. And uh, again, throw the records out. We'll see how it plays out. Mm -hmm. Granville and East Kentwood again. It seems like we talk about like Granville and East East Kentwood and and, uh, and then throw in a few Halloween West Ottawa and Forest Hill Center, whatever. They all seem to be playing each other uh, every week. Uh, Granville is coming off a Grand Haven when they scored 73 points, which in high school is awesome. Almost impossible, especially uh, when you don't run the spread or something like that. When yeah. you're running the ball, yeah. you know you were breaking big runs. So obviously they were upset that uh, they lost the week before. So they're two and two, and they, and they need this win. Now East Kentwood is uh, a team averaging over 53 points a game. They're coming off a, an absolute beatdown of uh, Holland West oh, Ottawa, 56 to seven. I mean, shocked us all. We didn't Crazy. call it uh, because, especially where we have West. Ottawa ranked, um, but uh, again, OKC, OKC Red, it doesn't get any better than, than right here at this time of the year where both these teams are at. East, East Kentwood was due. 
but not for that. I mean, that, that should open everybody's eyes because that's a good West Ottawa team. Uh, obviously, some talented players, one of them are, are on our list. But I, that was one, I, I'll be honest with you, when I was looking for the scores last Friday night before yeah. I read the updates, yeah, yes. I, I thought there was a typo. Yeah, so I, I'm I. not going to, I don't know about you guys. Like, literally, I dropped a number. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, no, that's like 16 to 7. Yeah. Maybe 26 to 7. Yeah. So uh, East Kent, I mean, we talked about them early in the year. I mean, that's a big, powerful team, and yeah. they were big and powerful last Last week. Well, somebody asked us this question on Facebook. Does Granville have the toughest schedule oh, in yeah, the state? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without, obviously, going through all of the schedules of all of the teams in the state, which I would still be doing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's close. I mean, you had Clarkston, De La Salle, Grand Rapids Forest Hill Central that was on everybody's list as one of the top teams yeah, in the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Grand Haven, I mean, is, right. is has been, you know, down. Then East Kentwood. Hudsonville, yep. Holland West Ottawa, yep. and then a Rockford team that isn't a normal Rockford team as they've been over the last 20, 25 years, but is still Rockford, mm-hmm. and then Caledonia at the end of the season. So there aren't very many schedules in the state that are any tougher than that. And yeah, it's the, a, you got to give them major kudos for scheduling Clarkson and De La Salle yeah. 1 2 to, out of the gate. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. you know the gauntlet you're going to walk into. But again, it's a mindset. And like you said, from that other coach, uh, you know, from uh, the, you know, the other area where we're used to pl- playing teams, teams right. come in for. This is Coach how, Alexander, this is, the yeah, Grand Blank. Right, that, yeah, from yeah right, exactly. Yeah. This is how you build. The Catholic League Central right. Division will say this is us right. every year. Yeah, right. Right. So, right. you know, and how many state championships? We're not do throwing we have? you a pity party. We have. We got to right, deal because, with and game how many and game state out. titles do they have? Yeah. Many between all of them. Sure. You know? When you want to talk about somebody who might be running his way into Mr. Football contention, Keontae Blakely over yeah. the last three weeks, um, he's only had 36 carries, which doesn't seem like a huge workload. No. There are kids who get that in all week. Sure. 160 yards and four touchdowns, 265 yards and six touchdowns, 113 yards and two touchdowns. Jeez. So 36 totes, 538 yards, 12 touchdowns yeah. in three weeks. Special K. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. See, he's pulling them out of the woodwork. <laughs> <All right>. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right, guys, that is uh, our, our forecast. Uh, we're going to take a quick timeout. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about our Hungry Howie's Mr. Football race. We have an update, and we have a new member. And uh, we also are going to bring in Alan True for the Michigan Student Aid Recruit Report in just a little bit as well, as he's got four guys that he wants to chat about. So stick with us. Lots more to come here still on the forecast. My passion is architecture. I don't want to sit around passively studying. I need to create. In our architecture studios at Lawrence Tech, we collaborate with students, faculty, and professionals from around the world. And from day one, we design using the same industry standard software that architecture firms use. I really feel like I'm designing my own future here. Lawrence Tech, possible is everything. Today, we're going to show you how to become a registered MHSAA game official. It's easy. Start by going to the MHSAA website and click on Officials in the heading. From there, click on the big red letters that say Register Now. If you've never officiated with us before, click on Become an Official and fill out all of the requested information. After you've done that, just answer a few questions, including agreeing to a criminal history check, select your sport, and pay the registration fees, which are among the lowest in the nation. 
you'll still need to pass a general exam and fulfill some general principles of officiating requirements. Next, get connected with the local officials association. It's the best way to get trained, get games, and get you started in this new adventure in officiating. Every year, we need at least 1,500 new officials. So join us, and if you're unable for whatever reason, you can help keep our new officials, or for that matter, all officials, in the game by showing them respect for just getting out there. Think of every game as a four-lane highway. There's one for players, one for coaches, one for officials, and one for fans. So fans, don't cause an accident, stay in your lane. Let the coaches coach, the players play, the officials officiate, and just enjoy the game. For more information, visit our website at mhsaa.com. Helps wanted, just whistle. You ready, Darius? Let's do it. Anybody want an autograph? Autograph? We're here for the stuffed crust pizza. Stuffed crust pizza? Hey, who do you think you are? End of the line, pal. Flavor fanatics love stuffing their faces with our stuffed flavored crust. Get one for only $2 more on any large original round pizza. Hungry? Howie's! All right, welcome back to the Michigan High School Football Forecast. This is where we talk about everything that's happening uh, this weekend. It's a week five in the football season. If you missed our previous segment, uh, just go ahead and check that out. That's where we talk about all the games. Right now, we're going to get into our Hungry Howie's Mr. Football race. This gives us an opportunity, unlike what Sean and I have on the television side of things, just a minute, uh, we can talk a lot more about the race and how things are playing out. I do want to shout out Wall Lake Western and your fan base. Sam mm. Johnson is still leading uh, the competition, now actually playing his way uh, back into our hearts and minds. He's got over 5,000 votes as of Wednesday. Uh, Jeremy Mangum's crew still supporting him. He's uh, getting close to the 4,000 mark uh, at the time of taping, uh, but we are making a change. And what sincere dent means, when you talk about who is the best high school football player in the state, obviously that is what we would title an MVP. Yeah. Most valuable person for that particular football program. And this kid does it all for Mona Shores. He is blocking kicks, he's tackling you know, the, his opponents, and he's rushing for touchdowns and 200 plus passes. yards and intercepting passes. Yeah. He's, so. he's averaging, averaging, averaging about 12 yards a pop. Yeah, which is ridiculous. <laughs> averaging! I can't stress that. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, that's, that's yeah, absolutely it's, crazy. It's sick. And you know, I want to talk it's to you, sick. Bernie, because I know this is this is stuff that you know as well as anybody. This is a kid coming into this season. It was basically... He had no offer. He had it no was Tony Anise and nothing else, yeah. right? And and it was Tony Anise showing some interest. In and I don't think Anise... Anise didn't offer until... Anise offered after wow. the first yeah. game. Right. Yeah, after he, after he blew up against these Scantling. Probably only because Anise is so... Well, yeah, with the area. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. Don't be shocked though. Grand Valley comes in, Saginaw Valley comes in. Yeah, people will come in later because yeah, he's got that. Come in. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, don't be laughing. I think the issue with him though, again, we're talking about some of the measurables yes. that that yeah. people can't really see past yeah. when they're talking about Division One recruiting. He's you know he's a smaller guy. Yeah, and again, he might hit a thousand yards in the next game if somehow he can go just crazy and you know somehow rush for 250 or something like that uh, which he has the ability to do at 232 last week yeah. against Rockford so uh, yeah this is a guy that we had to put in there Matt Mowry's been 
blowing his horn for a while that uh, this is a kid we need to get off the watch list and into the top 10 we did so uh, those of you who love Julian Barnett and we love Julian Barnett uh, he's an Under Armour All-American for a reason uh, and he was hurt for a while he was nicked up yeah, he, he was, was nicked up he did come back he had a 95 yard yeah, touchdown big kick return yeah, yeah, big kick game, return. game deciding so score. you yeah. know now that Belleville's getting into the meat of their schedule as well and if he is healthy he's going to be a key factor he's gonna be, yeah. in what they do so he will play his way himself back into uh, the list but uh, otherwise right now our top 10 stands uh, with Sincere going in uh, Isaac Van Dyke again not exactly the uh, debut you want to have getting into the top 10 in how Holland West Ottawa lost to um, East Kentwood. But Austin Brown, the Madison Knights, Madison quarterback, having a phenomenal year. Cameron Martinez is who he is. Brown, um, Brown had the game when he touched down yep. uh, in, week, in week four. We're going to get a chance to see uh, Dora McKinney uh, and River Rouge as they play Harper Woods coming up. That's coming up soon. Uh, so that is going to be a real test against uh, a pretty good defense, even though Harper Woods losing was a real shock uh, this past week. Uh, Roderick Hurd, Farmington, Harrison having a phenomenal season at this point to Quan Finn at King. We knows know who he is. Uh, Dwan Mathis getting it done at Oak Park. And uh, and again, Jeremy Mangum at, uh, at Cast. And Cam Martinez, you know, answered the question that we've been saying. Yeah. Uh, we've been Wonder posing if he can do this. Can he yeah. throw the football? Yeah. He was 10 of 11 for 195 right. yards uh, last yeah. week. So Jeez. It's one where you just take out the little pencil and go, yeah. yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check mark. Good. If, the, if there was a box that well, was... Well, he was throwing the ball when he was under center yeah. at, at, at yeah. Muskegon Cap. We knew Central. he could. It was yeah. just, you know, they hadn't shown Right. that part of the game and when you're working with new receivers and new you know personnel it's it's hard to know what kind of consistency and as we pointed out before they didn't have to and they got so such they got was, the, line, almost, the kind of line play that you could do whatever yeah, you want yeah, back there right. <laughs> run it pass oh, it yeah. yeah no doubt about it play tiddlywinks it's really yeah. unfortunate that you know we get to this point in the season where the, the public the, the Detroit Public School League is, you know, and frankly, it's just unbalanced, and Cass and King aren't going to play in the regular season, so it's not like we're going to take Daquan or Jaron off the list uh, due to the fact that they'll probably play a couple of quarters and still run score for 200 yards. Score yeah. Five. yeah, exactly. So, uh, real no measuring stick till we get to the PSL playoffs, and then, of course, as we get into the playoffs. And just so you know out there, we, we do not uh, cap and, you know, kill the uh, the top ten right away. I usually give it about a week into the playoffs before we freeze our top 10 so we still have people who can play their way in after the first week and then we freeze it and then we kind of evaluate these guys as they go throughout the playoffs and then we choose our final four uh, right after the state semifinals and we do that for a reason because so many times in the state semifinal those often uh, times just like in basketball happen to be the best games Mm -hmm. of the year and uh, it's the one that just guys don't get a chance to absorb they think of the state final so that's when we do our final four, in case you're wondering. Steve Walker, Tate Halleck, Marvin Grant, uh, who again is a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Uh, Keegan Kohler and Julian Barnett are what our watch, watch list makes up right now. If you have people, and we've been getting, uh, you know, contacts from Facebook and, and from emails on guys we need to keep on the radar and that's always fun. So fan input. Yep, fan input. So keep doing that. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, if I had one right off the bat here, I would show it to you, but I don't have it loaded up. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's great because uh, people are engaged in the competition. You know, we're 11 years into this thing and, um, again, this year has got another phenomenal crop of talent. So uh, keep them coming. Just go to our contact page. Uh, you can just direct message us on Twitter. If you follow us, we'll follow you back most of the time. 
Uh, and uh, of course, you can reach out on Facebook or by email. So that is what's happening with the Hungry Howie's Mr. Football Race. And uh, we'll see what happens. This is a big weekend uh, for a lot of guys. And, you know, guys that I'm really watching, uh, again, if Steve Walker has an amazing game against Brighton, which is a stout defense, I'm going to have to really consider, you know, whether my vote goes there. And again, we have a team that, you know, selects uh, who goes in. Um, but again, this is also some, some you know, big big games for, for all these guys. So anyway, that's how it works. So we're going to take another time out. When we come back, it is time for the Michigan Student Aid Recruit Report with Alan True. So stay with us. I want to be a dermatologist, and though a lot of universities tried to recruit me for basketball, Lawrence Tech had the science curriculum that I wanted. LTU's Southfield campus is a great place to learn, and the classes are small enough that I don't have to wait for office hours to talk to my professors. They're usually right by my side, challenging me and guiding me toward a successful future. Lawrence Tech. Possible is everything. Fundraising should be fresh, flavorful, and simple. We have the perfect solution at Hungry Howie's, Dough Razor. Your team or school can sell paper pizza certificates that can be redeemed for one medium pizza at participating locations. Hungry Howie's makes it easy. It's just a little mini pizza box, but we make lots of money, lots of dough. Go to DoughRazor.com to learn more and sign up. Your next fundraiser comes with flavored crust. Welcome to Hungry Howie's Dough Razor. All right, welcome back for our final segment of the Michigan High School Football Forecast. Joining us now is 24-7's Alan True for the Michigan Student Aid Recruit Report. What's up, Alan? Hey, guys. Good to see you again. you got to be uh, probably extremely busy this time of year. Between children and uh, getting all the games and staying on top of all the recruiting, yeah, pretty busy, but uh, still, still crazy that we're – at the midway point of the season. It seems like we're just doing the first show. I know. We talked about it. You know, we were just at the PKC. I mean, what happened? Uh, it's crazy that here we are. But here we are. Yeah. I want I want to get a look at Alan's odometer. Because, hmm. man, this guy drives all over the place. He's, uh, he's I get a, I get probably four times the amount of oil changes that the normal <laughs> average everyday human gets. Yeah, they actually may, just started a punch card system at the place I go get to. You guys are going to be sorry you implemented this program because I'm going to get a lot of free oil changes. He covers every nook and cranny of yeah. not just the state, but you know the whole uh, part of the country. Yeah. Yep, 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 Midwest. All right, well, speaking of the PKC, a team that uh, uh, was underwhelming at the PKC, but now trying to play their way back into contention is Southfield A&T. Uh, they have a junior dual threat quarterback, Anthony Rumpf. What's his news? Well, he just picked up an offer from Pittsburgh yesterday. That is his second Power 5 offer. He had Iowa State uh, coming in. He has a couple other MAC offers. And this was a kid that I think started coming to camps when he was like seven. Like he's always been out there. He's been kind of tugging at me and saying, hey, you're going to write about me someday for a long time. Nice. And then he kind of waited it out. At He was at West Bloomfield to begin with, came over here with the opportunity to be the starting quarterback at Southfield, and the midseason tape came out, impressive-looking stuff. Um, kid's throwing a lot of footballs in his life, and you can see that ball comes out of his hand with a lot of zip and accuracy, and he's a really good athlete. Some schools may look at him at another position, um, but I think he's thrown the ball well enough this year and shown enough dual ability 
where some of these schools that run the style of offense like Iowa State uh, will look at him as a quarterback. But the kid has, has, has done his part this year. How tall is he? About 5'11", okay. maybe 6 feet, somewhere right, right around there. Okay. He's overcoming some of those obstacles that we were talking about earlier in the show about some of the measurables that you know seem to uh, box certain kids into not being looked at at the Division One level. But it, this shows you, Anthony Romp, You know, if you're under six foot, but if you know if 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 you show if your tape shows certain uh, you know intangibles and uh, looks good, you know you, you'll you'll have the big boys coming after you. East Kenwood you has have to a, be oh, just no. that much sharper. I'm sorry, but no, yeah, go you, you got to be just a little bit sharper, a little bit quicker, a little bit faster. I think every inch of height, you have a little bit more margin of error to deal with. Right. He knows that he doesn't have that, and, and he's worked really, really hard at it as a result. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there are numerous, numerous cases of those who were not six feet and above who uh, ended up having not just phenomenal college careers, yeah, but pro Ru- careers. Russell so. Wilson and Drew Brees. Yeah. Right there. You got two uh, yeah, all you had pro the number, quarterbacks. Yeah, the number one pick in the uh, draft this year yeah. as well. So uh, East Kentwood's got a, a senior wide receiver. What's up with him? Yeah, this kid, uh, I went to their game last week. Obviously, I'm looking at their massive line. And then when when you get away from the line of scrimmage, then you're looking at Stephen Bracey, a track guy I think we've talked about on this show that's, yeah. that's getting a lot of Division One attention. I kept saying, who's the other guy on the other side? This kid was going up and making a lot of plays. Ryel Day, a senior wide receiver, they said, go back and watch the Mona Shores tape. Mm. Uh, we lost that game, but he did really well. He's going up inside double coverage. It has excellent ball skills, and uh, a couple of schools have taken notice. He visited Central, I think, two weeks ago. He visited Western last week. So keep an eye on him. I think he may have gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit with all those big names and, and literal big guys at East Kentwood. But that's that's a kid who's quietly having a good senior season. I think the rest of the state and, and a lot of colleges in the Midwest are about to find what's out his, about it. What's his size, Alan? How big is he? Um, about 5'11", 160, 165. Not a big, big guy. But you watch him go up and get the football, and, and he plays uh, a little bit bigger than what he's listed at, and, and a really good athlete, guy who ran, skilled guy, runs routes really well, creates a lot of separation. He's a really interesting one. I'm interested to see where he ends up. I would think at the very, very least, he's going to be a high-money GLIAC guy. And you were at that uh, East Kentwood-West Ottawa game? Yes, I was. Okay, so, I mean, just talk about, you know, we're, we're trying to – kind of figure out, you know, is East Kentwood just going to be a team that we're really going to have to uh, deal with when it comes to the playoffs? Because we were all about West <laughs> Ottawa the week before. Alan, I thought it was a typo. When I saw the score, honestly, I, I thought somebody made a typo. But uh, what did it look like from your vantage point? They West Ottawa is a very well-coached team. I have a lot of respect for their head coach. And they beat East Kentwood. I was at the game last year, and they beat East Kentwood. Mm-hmm. Um, with all of those same guys on the field. So I expected at least a close game in West Ottawa, or in uh, East Kentwood just blew the doors off of them. West Ottawa just couldn't contend with their size up front and the speed they had on the outside. So we've said over here on the West side for the last several years that if East Kentwood just put it all together, there shouldn't be many teams around the state that can handle what they bring to the table. And I think you're seeing that happen. Um, and they have a really, really good quarterback. This kid's taking care of the football. He's using all of those weapons around him. I think East Kentwood is headed um, to, to be one of those teams that you guys will end up talking about. That open, And then the more you watch Mona Shores play, the more you say that that opening day loss doesn't look as bad in hindsight either. 
the way we have an award this year now, Alan, that you probably know we, we've introduced <coughs> called the Anvil Award, which is going to recognize a top offensive lineman, defensive lineman, or linebacker. Uh, Logan Brown is in that mix, obviously. Uh, in that, uh, I think he's your number one guy right now uh, in terms of the, the state of Michigan. Maisie Smith's on our watch list. He's not in our top 10 right now. Uh, however, he very well could be. Watching them play right now uh, are one of those guys. Uh, should be very, very seriously considered for the award this year? I think they both should, really. Um, and Mozzie, against West Ottawa, they did a good job of scheming away. From, they ran laterally, laterally almost the entire game. They did not run straight at him okay. ever. And even still, he was able to chase down some plays, which for a guy as big as he is, pretty impressive. Uh, Logan Brown, you're not going to scheme away from him. He's going to find somebody to hit right. on every play. And he did that. Um, we, I came back, I posted the, the video, and I think he's, like you said, number one in the state on 24-7. He's number six in the country overall. And after watching that tape, some of our national guys said, should he be in the discussion for number one in overall in the country even? And to be honest with you, if that kid goes to Wisconsin, plays three or four years there and is the number one pick in the draft in a few years, it wouldn't surprise me. And uh, I've done this show with you guys for a few years. I don't think you've heard yeah. me say stuff like that no. very often. Uh, he is a he's a very, very specially talented kid um, and just a dominant football player. Wow. Wow. Well, thanks for that insight. That's great. So I've got to see him live this year at some point. So uh, I'm definitely going to do that, uh, both of them. So, uh, all right. Well, Wild Lake Western is a team that is definitely playing themselves uh, back into contention. We feel, you know, a little uh, kind of stutter out of the gate against Catholic Central. Uh, C.J. Brown is a, a junior safety uh, that is making some news. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how many years that we see that happen, by the way. A team loses in the PKC. People kind of write them off and they come back. Sometimes that's just a tough setting and you yeah, get a tough yep, matchup yep. to start the season in. And then you get back kind of into your regular schedule and you get into the flow yeah. a little bit. But, yes, uh, they have a lot of guys over there, obviously. We can talk about a different Wild Lake Western kid every week here. Yeah. CJ is just starting to pick it up a little bit more, I think, as far as getting on the field more. Colleges knew about him because his older brother, Spencer Brown, was committed to Michigan State. So CJ was at a lot of camps, at a lot of events. The name was out there, just needed to see some film from this year. I thought despite the loss in week one, he played really well in that CC game. And that's continued throughout the uh, course of the last couple of games. So he picked up an offer from Toledo. He was down there to see them play Miami. Uh, the Hurricanes came up to the glass bowl last week. Wow. And uh, CJ was in the house and, and picked up an offer from them. And I think he's uh, going to get a few more here. Before the season's over, and obviously uh, Michigan State's one of the schools that's looking closely at him with his brother already committed. Right. Miami, what, is that the turnover chain? Yeah. Is that Miami? It is. Okay, okay, is. yeah, all right. I know that's the, that's the rage. So, uh, all right, well then finally, and we had to ask you before and uh, kind of check out the map where Johannesburg is in the state of Michigan. <laughs> uh, we know it's north, and uh, it's still in the lower peninsula. And uh, Johannesburg, Lewiston has a senior tight end named Tyson Clays. What say you? Yeah, yeah. It uh, goes to show that it doesn't matter where you're from. And they'll, they'll find you. The colleges will find you if you can play, and uh, we'll find you as well, right? We cover yeah. every part of the state, and right. uh, this kid is a very good athlete. I think he was an all-state basketball player last year, but six foot four, uh, 230 pounds, and obviously can move and, and catch the ball very naturally. So he has an offer from Air Force that is his one uh, Division One offer right now, but that's a position where you don't see a lot of – 
traditional type tight ends anymore that can play on the ball as well as step off of it playing the slot and catch the football and this kid kind of combines some of the aspects of the new age tight end with the old age tight end and i've seen those guys kind of blow up quickly um in the state before uh tyson i think it was tyler tyler white out of playing well was a kid a couple of years ago that kind of came out of nowhere and ended up playing at illinois this kid kind of reminds me of him and uh, i could see potentially a power five school definitely a max school coming in and offering them a scholarship pretty soon well, it's interesting, you know, the service academies love going to the small towns yeah. and plucking, uh, you know, kids out of there that, uh, you know, that they know that they, they feel can live in that environment. Yeah, we got a special it's, it's a one. Different thing. We got a special one in Oakland County that playing small school football. Kendall Taylor over at Bishop Foley in Madison Heights going to Air Force. He's he's uh, he's, he's he's a thundering presence uh, coming out of the backfield. And how about the quarterback at Rouge? Yeah, and then Manny uh, Manny Ferguson's going to Air Force. Yep, and they, they took a uh, tight end out of Clinton not too long ago, Nate Drzlinski. I'm sorry, Taylor's going to Navy. I think Taylor's going to Navy. I apologize. Taylor's going to Navy. Okay. A service again. But, uh, yeah, Ferguson's, Ferguson's going there. They uh, Air Force took a kid out of UD Jesuit a couple of years ago. They, so they come into Michigan quite a bit. Um, and this, so this kid, at the very least, he'll be playing uh, at the Air Force Academy. All right. but, a, but a name that not many people around the state might have known, but a really yeah. good athlete. Yeah, absolutely. So this is uh, this is the radar watch. So you guys can uh, hear these names. You guys can go check it out. And the beauty about technology nowadays, you can go to Huddle. You can watch, you know, all these guys' highlights and and all the tape. And uh, and uh, maybe we'll get Johannesburg Lewiston on the show at some point on State Chance. We'll have to see what kind of a football team uh, they got going. Let's see. Yeah, exactly. What some of the matchups will look like uh, in the near future. So Alan True, twenty four seven Sports, a great follow on Twitter. If you want to know everything that's happening in recruiting, and again. You know, you want to hear about these guys now before they blow up at the next level. It's so much fun when you you have a chance to follow a kid at the 17, 18, you know, year old level, and then all of a sudden, you know, follow them throughout yeah, their career. Meet kids. I love. I mean, that's, I one, of the, that's one of my favorite things about this job: being able to meet a kid. Literally, forget about 17, 17 and eighteen. I've yeah. met kids at fourteen, oh, yeah. fifteen, and now I turn it on, turning on my my television on Sundays, yeah. watching them, following them on my fantasy football team, yeah. like the fun shies, having fun. Yeah. Absolutely, Jeff Heath, the captain of the Dallas Cowboys uh, defense at safety. Well, you know, he he is to me. I mean, I'm going off on a little tangent here, okay. but he is a kid that is the example for other kids not to be dejected by the 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 offer trains that hit and the social media uh, expectations and 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 everything. Where yeah. where you know, this is a kid that didn't have any Division One offers. He ended up going to Saginaw Valley State as a kicker and ended up moving into the secondary undrafted free agent. Now he's the captain of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> exactly. Got to turn you down there, Scott. Well, I'm just saying, a lot, of kids, get, a lot of kids are just, yeah. they, they, they look at the social media, they see their friends saying, I got this offer, I got that offer, and they know they're a good football player. Yeah. And just because you're not getting those offers as a 16-year-old, as a 15-year-old, even as a 17 and 18-year-old, doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to do what you think you can do. Yeah, and you know, they, you might not even know you're a good football player and somebody believes in you, yeah. say if you're Antonio Gates. Right, and now all of a sudden you're. Probably Antonio a Gates, his son is now playing. Yeah. Gates was a pretty football. good high school football player. He just right. didn't. He didn't view it as his future. He, he thought right, basketball right, right. was exactly. I keep joking that um, one of these years I'm going to just draft a fantasy football team entirely of guys I ranked as two and three stars, just to stick it to myself. Yes, Kirk Cousins, Allen Robinson, Willie Sneed. We'd have a pretty good start of a team there. I think. I know. I know. And then let's not even get into the overrated list, right? <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, I wouldn't want anything to do with Lawrence Marshall. Oh, no, let's not do that. All right. It'll all change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Alan, thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, man. Sounds good, guys. Always a pleasure. Okay, thank you very much. You can catch Alan True on the Recruit Report every Sunday at 9 a.m. on Fox Sports Detroit. And you can also, at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, catch uh, Alan's Indiana Recruit Report on Fox Sports Midwest. Of course, we've got all that on our YouTube, on our Facebook, on our Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, and our website, of course, the uh, newly redesigned statechampsnetwork.com, where you can consume all our Michigan and Indiana content there. Uh, still working on the podcast for Indiana. It will happen. We've just been a little slammed. But it's going to happen, and uh, we really love uh, the momentum we're building in the Hoosier State. So uh, thanks to all of you who reach out to us and tell us how much you, you dig it and what you'd like to see and all of that. Uh, we're going to continue to improve that. State Champs, though, airs every Sunday at 9 a.m. on Fox Sports Detroit here. Again, for Scott, for Sean, for Matt, for Kevin. Predictions? We forgot the predictions, so let's do our predictions. <laughs> You're right. I appreciate Thank you doing that. Kevin's here. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I forgot about that. Run through them real fast. Let's get through it. I got the game. Oh, you got it. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. All right, so let's do our predictions. And I'm really happy that you mentioned that, Kevin, because I have been kicking butt this season. <laughs> really so well. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to have to get a tally and see where we're at uh, as far as the team. But um, let's start with Granville and East Kentwood. This is, again, the OKC Red Division matchup. Granville 2-2 two and two on the season at East Kentwood with 3-1. and one. There is no way I am not taking East Kentwood at home this week. Scott? Blakely Ballers. Kentwood. Sean? Falcons. East Kentwood. Okay, we're unanimous there. Uh, and again, we're going to get Johnny Kidd's predictions on these as well. So uh, those will come later, and we'll figure out how to get that worked in. Detroit Catholic Central and Brother Rice. Again, throw the records out, even though they're identical at 3-1. and one. Uh, This will be, game will be played at Hurley Field in Berkeley, Michigan, Saturday night at 7 p.m. Uh, no threat of weather or anything, so... Everything is is just as it is. Both teams going up against each other, uh, and again, the records speak for themselves. Being the fact that the C, the all-time annual series is even, uh, boy, this is a uh, this is this is an interesting one for me to choose. I'm not going to pick first, Matt. You pick first. CC. I'm going up down theory. Rice. CC. I'm going to take Rice at home. Wow, I know Kevin's not happy with that one, uh, but again, let's see let's see how things go. Um, I can't win everyone, right? So I, I don't want to show my win everyone. We'll see. Paw uh, Paw and Three Rivers getting together a Wolverine Conference matchup. I am going to take Three Rivers to go five and zero. They've had two straight shutouts, only allowed twenty eight points in four games. I'm going to pick Three Rivers at home. Trois Rivers. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Three rivers on homecoming, yep. Rivers run wild. All right, so we are unanimous again. Grand Rapids South Christian at Hudsonville Unity Christian. I don't know which side God is going to be on for this one, but I can tell you that I am going to take Hudsonville Unity Christian at home 4-0, just the way who they've played, how they've played. This could be their stumbling block, and South Christian certainly would love to be that. Gold v. Green game, but I'll take Unity Christian. Unity. U-N-I-T-Y. Queen <laughs> Latifah. I like it. I'm going to take South Christian. All right, good. Good. Somebody did. Jackson and Chelsea, the new redesigned SEC white division. Uh, Chelsea, 
Three and one, but no joke. Lost to a good Ypsilanti Lincoln team only by 10, 26 16. Jackson comes in 4 0. They haven't been that way in a while. Uh, this one is at Chelsea. And again, last week I was all road dogs for the most part and had success with that. I'm feeling more at home this week for week five. I'm going to take Chelsea at home. Chelsea. Jack, I got Jackson. I'm going to take Jackson. Okay. We're split on that. Canton is traveling to Brighton, regardless of what I said earlier in the show. Uh, and a matchup of two 3-1 and one teams, it's not going to change my prediction. I'd take Canton Absolutely. at a neutral site. So 3-1, uh, and one, uh, they're going to move to 4-1. and one. What say you? I'm going to take Canton as well. I'm never, ever taking oh, yeah. anybody but Brighton ever again. I got burned in hockey, in so hockey. Brighton. Yeah. It's a good uh, call. Stevie Wonder is going to continue that tear uh, in the Russian yardage and Canton. Can's going to get this W. The battle in Livonia, Churchill and Franklin. This one is at Franklin. East Division clash. This would be a huge win for Franklin. I think Churchill needs it more. And I've lost, I think, twice this season on Churchill. I've picked them both times that uh, they've lost. But I am taking Churchill in this one. A lot of joy on Patriots. Uh, or, excuse me, a lot of Patriot joy on Joy Road. I'm taking the Patriots. Okay. All right. I like it. <laughs> going to take Franklin, but I have no puns to go with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Calbert in the Pats. All right. Also, Brooks going to get it done. That's what I'm saying. DeWitt and East Lansing, two 4 0 squads. Uh, East Lansing coming off a win over Portage Northern. DeWitt, a blanket or a, just a beatdown of Holt, 49 7. Um, I've seen East Lansing. I haven't seen DeWitt. And like you mentioned, DeWitt kind of climbing into this division now. So new rivalries coming out. Uh, and the fact that they <coughs> never played each other in the regular season. In the regular season. In the regular season. The regular season. Playoffs, yeah. Yep. Uh, does surprise me. Uh, but uh, I've seen East Lansing. And I've seen Kobe Hayward. And I'm going with East Lansing. I'm going to go DeWitt. DeWitt. E out. All right. Hey, nice. We're splitting them up. Uh, a little bit for everyone. So, uh, Lake Fenton and Notre Dame Prep. Who'd have thought we'd be predicting this one? A couple of independents. Um, I'm going NDP. 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 Fighting Irish. All right. Kent City, Morley Stanwood. Another one that uh, they're going to be talking about for years to come. But uh, Kent City on a roll, 4-0. I'm going to say they go into Stanwood just like they did in the playoffs and win. Same here. Kent City. KC. Davison and Grand Blank, two 4-0 squads. Another neighborhood brouhaha uh, between these two schools. Grand Blank coming off a big win over Flint Carmen Ainsworth and putting up a lot of points. Davison, impressive. They have been for the last couple of years. I say Davison goes on the road and beats the Bobcats. I'm going to take the home team. I'm going Grand Blank. I love what Coach Weingarts is doing as just... <coughs> come in there and like we were saying about uh, uh, Chelsea hasn't met uh, hasn't missed a beat with a new coach in fact they might be even playing better football this year than they did last year Davison I'm going to take Grand Blanc after seeing them last week. They were impressive. All right. Sometimes hard to play against two in a row, but uh, this will be good. Hey, we're splitting it up on here. This is good, which means we got good matchups mm-hmm. this season. Mm-hmm. Cody and Mumford, a little battle of uh, PSL Tier 2, a green division matchup. Uh, I'm going to take Cody for what they've been done because they don't give up points. So it might be one of those 12 nothing games, but I'm taking Cody. I'm going to take their defense over that explosive Mumford offense as well. I'm going to go defense here. The Norman Nasties, Cody, Josh Wiley, going to go wild. 
going to go Cody as well. Macomb, Dakota, and Chippewa Valley. This game at Macomb, Dakota, not inside Big Red Stadium, but it is a Mac Red Divisional matchup. Both teams are 4 0, and this one has got uh, a lot on the line, I think, in terms of pride, in terms of position. Uh, we talked about the, uh, the quarterbacks and how they both have played very, very well. Um, I am going to give this edge, though, to Chippewa Valley. I think that the Big Reds have that big nasty in Marcel Lewis on the defensive side, and I think he's going to give fits to what Macomb Dakota tries to do, and I think Chippewa Valley will do enough to get it done because I believe this is the season they take that next step. I was hoping to steal one from you. Okay. I, no, really, I like the road team here as well. I'm going with Chip Valley. Okay. I'm going to take Chip Valley as well. I'm going to be the outlier. Right. I'm going to say yeah, like a little, little Toco Magic gets like this it. dub. But what I'm also going to say is Chip Valley, this is the loss. And they don't lose again until they reach Ford Field. Mm. I'm not saying they're going to win a Andy state. Right. The I'm not yeah. saying they're going to win a state title. Down. I'm just saying this is going to be, they're going to get the, the bugaboo out of the way. And then it's smooth sailing. Until November. So that was a proverbial drop the mic. Yeah. You have a mic. If you yeah. Like yeah. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Toco magic. Yes. All right. So we'll see. Uh, a lot of what we just mentioned, the, that's definitely the past seven games. Those are going to be able to be watched on State Champs TV. We'll have highlights put up uh, on the weekend, so you don't even have to wait till Sunday to watch uh, what we do. And uh, I want to thank our sponsors, Lawrence Tech, and the MHSA, and Hungry Howies. Uh, this has been the forecast for a week five. Make sure you tune in to Extra Point. On Monday, it premieres at 3 p.m. Hope we see you at the games. We'll all be. Uh, where are you going to be, Scott? I'm going to be at Friday. Cl- Clarkston versus Southland A&T, or Southland A&T at Clarkston, at Clarkston on, on Friday, Friday, and then the uh, Catholic Central Brother Rice on Saturday. Okay. Foley Shrine on Friday, and then I'm busy with the college. So you'll see Kendall. Friday. I'm interested yeah, in what you think it. of uh, Kendall Absolutely. Taylor. Yeah, yep. Going to Navy. Be at CC Rice on Saturday, and I'm still up in the air. I'll probably do another Twitter poll. Now, where should it's he be? either going to be East Lansing DeWitt or um, Camp Bright. Okay. Well, there you go. And I will be doing, I'll be shooting the Cody Mumford game. So I'll, my game will be over at 6 o'clock, uh, which, is, uh, which is always good. But, uh, again, uh, you know, we really do try to, to show some love to a lot of teams, you know, across the state. It's not always going to be the same teams that you see on our show uh, each and every week. Now, we'll talk about the big matchups here, and that's what this podcast is for. But, again, some great matchups this week. So have fun. Enjoy it. We'll see you next week right here on The Forecast.